It's May 8th, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, Chris Kiahiolalo from the nonprofit Parents and Children Together tells us about their makery program. And then we have Isar Masafarazad here. He is the founder of Nalu Scientific, and he's here to tell us about the the company's recent recognition by Hawaii Business as the most innovative. So I want to dig into that a bit. First up, I want to do I do want to tell you about Blue Startups and their open house happening on May 15th. That's next week, Wednesday. And you are all invited to meet the companies of cohort number 11. And uh, it's going to be their open house. That's next week, Wednesday, the 15th. It's going to start at 5.15 and go all the way to 8 p.m. And if you are interested, uh, you can go to bluestartups.com and I will post the Eventbrite on the uh, show notes later on this evening. Now, I'm happy to have Chris uh, here from Parents and Children Together. He's here to tell us about the Makery program. But first off, I want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks so much, Bert. It's great to be here. Now, tell us a little bit about PAC. I mean, what, what, what is Parents and Children Together? Sure. Parents and Children Together is a, a local nonprofit. We uh, was established back in 1968, uh, providing social services, hum- uh, human services to the at-risk and uh, underprivileged populations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what was the kind of the inspiration to create this make? Uh, makery program. And it's been around for what, maybe five years? Yeah, about five years now. Um, the inspiration was uh, there was a, 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 there was a need for uh, like technology and, and entrepreneurial mm-hmm. uh, programs for uh, the underserved communities, for these at-risk communities. Uh, there were a lot of resources that might be out there for a lot of other people, but we wanted to bring these types of resources uh, to Kalihi, to these local neighborhoods, so that um, the youth and uh, the people there could take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And what, what type of resources uh, are you referring to? Sure. So what our Makery program is, is it's a certification program uh, that teaches people computer-aided drafting, uh, design, finishing, uh, so that people can go and uh, create products. Uh, what they would do is they would first design these products on uh, on Corel Draws, the program that we use, but design mm-hmm. it on a computer, and then we throw it into our laser machine, and then we uh, go through the process of finishing that product afterwards. So, how what kind of what kind of uh, products have been created uh, from previous cohorts? Sure. Um, a, a, a pretty wide spectrum. So we can do anything from really simple, one-cut, two-dimensional designs, stuff like earrings and keychains, uh, all the way up to very intricate pieces that are multi-layered, mm-hmm. um, multicolored with different kinds of stains and stuff like that. Um, signage. Uh, we did this really great gear puzzle uh, just recently. And then a lot of it is kind of uh, just the creativity of the person participating, right? I mean, they must have some idea that they want to uh, bring to life, so now they're you know they're able to access the resources to do that. Yeah, a hundred percent. We do uh, offer assistance in in um, the technical aspects and the functional aspects of the design, but a lot of what our creators do just comes from their own minds, their own inspirations, mm-hmm. their own cultures, and stuff like that. Well, that's great. So you know, over the six week program, what kinds of things do you go through? What do you put the people through the paces of? Got it. So every day, uh, it starts off with classroom, some classroom time to go through the uh, technical aspects of the computer-aided drafting program, mm-hmm. how to um, you know, uh, throw in designs 
means import them, make them bigger, make them smaller, and those kinds of things. And then once the creative piece of it is done, then we go and move into the makery where we're able to throw it onto the laser, get it cut, get it finished. Mm-hmm. And and in terms of uh, uh, some of the, the business aspect, do you have some like uh, business 101 on, on how to take this idea that they have and actually make it into maybe a, a business? Yeah, we do, we, do, we do a bit of that. Our curriculum used to be a little bit more expansive on that side, mm-hmm. but now it's a little bit more of a one-on-one coaching when people get to that stage where they're ready to create these products for uh, for a, like a Mary Monica or Haute Laulea. Um, then we coach them through that process, mm-hmm. pricing models and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when, when uh, somebody comes and, and learns, gets certified, they, they have an idea uh, they can come back and actually use the equipment, right? Yes, that's that's the big purpose for the Make Recertification Program uh, is once they get certified, once they get trained up on the machinery, then they can come back afterwards and use what we call our open makery hours for mm-hmm, them to mm-hmm. go and build their business off of. And uh, do you have a do you have a success story? I know you've had multiple cohorts already go through the program. What would be one of your success stories? Sure, we have a graduate that came through um, probably about a year ago, and now he has a business where he's going to conventions uh, out in Japan and in Vegas uh, selling products to some sports teams that we're not allowed to, to, to name, but uh, has a thriving business now, owns some of his own machines, and has actually some, his, uh, some of his own employees. Oh, so he, he could do a, a testimony for you, right, for this program. Yeah, 100%. Now, how many people would be uh, part of this cohort? Sure. We're looking for at least 12 people to be a part of this second cohort mm-hmm. this year. And, and when's the application deadline? Sure. So the application deadline is going to be on uh, the 17th of May, so Friday. So anytime before that, uh, reach out to parents and children together or come and stop by at our office uh, and let them know that you're interested in the makery program. Now, is there, a, is there a website they can go to to register, or is it better for them to just call in? And- the best thing to do is to call in. Uh, the number is 842-7093, and uh, then they, if they call in and ask about our makery program, we'll give them all the information there. Oh, good. I'll, I'll put that up on the show notes later on tonight. And then you have an event coming up, right? Yeah, we do. So tomorrow is our cakey day. I'm sure you guys might have uh, heard about it or it's been on the news. But we're going to be selling our Cakey Day newspapers all across the island. So if you want to uh, support by Cakey Day newspaper, all the proceeds go to help uh, the parents and children. Okay, that- so so Cakey Day is the one that you know, like I go downtown and you know everybody's selling Cakey Day papers. That's that's you guys. Yeah, that's us. Oh. So we'll all be dressed up in uh, funky costumes and stuff like that. So so where where are you going to be for Cakey Day? Uh, I'll be on the corner of Dillingham and uh, right by the Jollibee. Uh, right oh, okay, down- okay, okay. Oh well, I'll be I'll be looking out for you. Very good. So, again, where's the website? Uh, so you can either go to uh, uh, org or give us a call at 842-7093. Oh, very good. Thanks, Chris, for joining us. Thank you so much, Bert. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Isar Mastafanazad, founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific. And he's here to talk about launching a tech startup. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors the Rice Partnership, Kaiser Permanente, and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. I listen to Hawaii Public Radio all the time, usually while I'm in my car, driving from one place to another. I love the news programs on public radio. I love listening in the morning and getting a good synopsis of what's going on for the day and then the commentary that breaks it down. And I feel like it's it's good, solid news that I can trust. Member-supported. Hawaii 
Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us is Dr. Isar Mastafanazad. He's the founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific, a company that engineers microchips and precision sensors used in physics experiments. And I want to I want to get into a little bit more detail about that. Isar, welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Hello, Bert. Thank you for having me. Now you know. Uh, well, maybe tell us a little. What did you get your PhD in? Uh, I got my PhD in electrical engineering, actually, mm-hmm. from the University of Hawaii in, at Manoa in 2010. Wow. Okay. And then give me give me a little bit of uh, a history of Nalu Scientific, because I've known you in a number of different, uh, you know, companies like uh, uh, Smart Yields, and but you were always sort of in the sensor business, right? And then it sort of evolved and, and pivoted your piece to Nalu Scientific. So give me a little bit of history. Yeah, so maybe I should step back a little bit. My background is uh, bachelor's, master's, PhD, all in electrical engineering. Um, I've done a lot of software, hardware, and hardware-wise, I can talk about antennas, propagations, communication systems, microelectronics, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some controls. Um, so a little bit of a you know, variety there for me. Um, and you know, after graduating in 2010, I did work at multiple different startups, uh, here in Honolulu, and uh, then I went back to the university, d- did a postdoc in the physics department this time, so educated myself in, in a new kind of field mm-hmm. or application of electrical engineering. And that's where I um, I found out about this new great field, call, or not new, the great field of particle physics, essentially, or exper- which is uh, run by experimental physicists. These are people who design experiments to uh, understand the basic laws of physics, essentially. Okay, okay, so particle physics, I mean, that's when they, they collide particles and they look at so the disbursement and kind of determine some of the characteristics of subatomic particles, right? Correct. So collision is part of this story. Some of it is astroparticle physics. There are things that come in uh, mm-hmm. from cosmic, uh, mm-hmm. cosmic rays, for example. Um, there are also experiments uh, you know, that are not in, in collision or uh, they're a different type of experiments. They, they monitor you know, man, man-made phenomena, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it, you could say it's between one of the three, essentially. Now, if somebody had asked me, Bert, do you know of any companies in Hawaii that are doing anything to do with particle physics? I would have said, no, absolutely not. I don't think if there's anybody here that does that. But then now, Nalu Scientific, I mean, how did you decide that this is something that you could start in Hawaii and actually thrive in Hawaii? I mean, you've got 10 employees. So tell us a little bit about how does, how does Hawaii fit into that and, and what are you, who's your market? Uh, very good question, Bert. Um, okay, so I am not a particle physicist myself mm-hmm. either, full disclosure, mm-hmm. but uh, I've worked with a lot of particle physicists and, and the University of Hawaii at Manoa, the uh, Department of Physics and Astronomy, has... Uh, very good professors in the field that are actually have you know national and international recognition in this field, so we have a very good connection with them. Um, and what we are doing at Nalo Scientific is we are designing and, and making the tools that w- help these particle physicists uh, perform their measurements, essentially, so mm-hmm. the precision measurement tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, we need custom-designed microelectronics. Uh, these are microelectronics or, or microchips that you just can't buy from the market. So we have to design that custom. Okay, so you know, you're designing sort of these integrated circuits. Now, there's no f- fab lab here in Hawaii, so you can, I, you, you know, you got the smarts. You can design it. Where do you actually produce this? It, this is actually an old industry. Um, it's called the fabless semiconductor industry. So we can kind of categorize ourselves as a fabless, uh, as such, as a fabless semiconductor company. Uh, we design 
we have sophisticated uh, tools, computer-aided mm-hmm. design tools, mm-hmm. and also the brain power, the system architects and, and the engineers on, and staff that can design these. And essentially, we send the design fo- files to a fabrication house, which is a multi-billion dollar industry or mm-hmm. a ma- multi-billion dollar factory, essentially, that makes these. And they charge by millimeter size. They don't care what's inside it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they send the article back to us, and uh, we integrate that, put it on a printed circuit board, solder things together, do our assembly so that we can test it, basically. And, and so where, uh, where is this manufacturing taking place? Is it, is it a U.S. lab? Or is it a, you know, I know Taiwan has a lot of it. China has some of it. You know, Japan. Where does it actually get produced in terms of the end product, this integrated circuit. Correct. So uh, unfortunately, I can't tell you exactly which, fi- which fab we're using. No, you don't uh, have to tell me but, exactly, uh, but these but fabs, the, general, the general vicinity. Like, yes, they're all over the place. There, there are a few in the, in the United States. Mm-hmm. There are some in Taiwan. There are some in Japan. So you hit the correct spots, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and these uh, fabricate uh, at different feature sizes, different speeds, different cost points. Uh, so we have found the one that actually works and matches well with our now, needs. Now, uh, when, when going through the, the business development uh, phase, was it difficult to find the right place to actually produce your circuits? Well, I mean, it's not like you can go down to Bishop Street and say, hey, you know, what yeah. uh, lab do you guys use? Yeah, yeah. So these fab houses, this is actually a very good question too. These fab houses are multi-billion dollar uh, facilities, right? And they, they fabricate uh, quantity. That's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. They, they make things that go in your iPhone, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. and they make 100 million of them. Right, right. And then they, char- they charge, you know, every cent of right. that is basically profit for right, them. Right, so. Right. How do they talk to a small company in Hawaii, right? <laughs> right? Um, so there are middlemen and uh, organizations that are aggregators. So mm-hmm. they talk to us. They talk to other small companies or universities that, that have a little design, that want to prototype something. That's where the stage that we're in. And, and yeah. uh, how did you find the right sort of middle person to help you? advance what you're trying to there do? There are a few in the United States, and I've been in this field myself for a while, and okay. I've done this before, so it's not that difficult. Yeah. Now, the end, the, your end customer, who is your end customer? Uh, at this point, uh, universities, national labs that need this instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are talking to national labs in the United States that, are fall, that fall under the Department of Energy, uh, and also universities that are funded by in government research, essentially, mostly. Yeah. And, you know, I- in terms of... Uh, Nalu Scientific, you know, it's a relatively new startup. I mean, how many years have you been in business? Uh, about three years. Yeah. So how do you convince some of these sort of high-end, maybe university, part of particle physics? I mean, they're probably dealing with some very precision equipment that Nalu Scientific, small, small company here in Hawaii, can serve their need. We have a good relationship with them. We, have, we, we see them at conferences. We present our technical results, and, and they seem to like it so far. Mm-hmm. So that's very heartwarming for us. We go to conferences. We have live demos of our microchip in action, uh, and we, we bring our staff, our physicists, and also our engineers there to talk to these people. Uh, yes, it is a challenging problem, but uh, our product kind of has started to kind of work for itself. Get some traction. So yeah. when you say uh, in action, what is it that you can demonstrate at a at a uh, let's say convention or or a place where people are are able to be captured in in terms of what you do, what what does in action mean? 
So clearly you can't bring a particle physics experiment to a, a right. demonstration. Unless you're at CERN or something. But Yeah, so what we do is we have like a, you know, a typical electronics engineering lab with a signal generator mm-hmm. and an oscilloscope mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a computer that has a GUI. So our, everything has the software and firmware and GUI and things like that. You can push buttons on it and mm-hmm. it, you can see the waveform or you can see some qualities of the simulating basically a, a physics experiment there. Mm-hmm. So. Now, now you, um, the precision sensors that you've uh, created, what niche have you identified as being one that is not currently addressed? Um, Do you know what I mean? I mean, so, you know, you've got, you found a place where perhaps uh, nobody else does and you have the skill and expertise to, to, to develop something. Can you Can you kind of articulate what that, yeah, so we we have been designing these microchips that can connect to different types of sensors. It could connect into an antenna array, for example. It can connect to very sensitive light detectors, for example. Um, and and what we're doing now is to demonstrate the connection uh, that this microchip that we're making works with this, mm-hmm. works with that, different types of sensors, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on the sensor... Uh, it might have it will have applications in different industries essentially so we're trying to serve the com- needs of the particle physics community at the moment uh, but you know these can have applications in, in medical imaging it can have applications in special types of lidar for example mm-hmm. um, which which uh, air fronts that we are pushing and you know hopefully you'll hear in the news about us mm-hmm. being involved and then, in those you know in terms of the sensors that you're uh, building circuits for what type of sensors what are they sensing Imagine uh, this: uh, your camera can mm-hmm. can see the visible light. Mm-hmm. There are uh, similar pixel uh, technologies out there that can see down to single photons. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and these these technologies exist, and they can tell you the time of arrival of a single photon down to picosecond timing resolution. Mm-hmm. So, theoretically, you can build a camera that can take pictures at gigaframes per second. Um, but then you need electronics that will work with that camera, for example. Wow! Right, so we can kind of work our way into being part of that electronics provider. No, that's 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 great. And um, so, in terms of the the people that you have, you know, at Nalu Scientific, uh, have you been able to find them for the most part at the at the university, or where where where's your source of of uh, employment here in Hawaii? That's another very good question, but I get that question all the time. People ask me where and how do you find your uh, the people to, to work at and at such high-skilled labor, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a very good relationship with the University of Hawaii, and uh, we also uh, subcontract some of the work to the University Department of Physics, mm-hmm. and there uh, they use the money to train some of the you know undergrads and grad students and also postdocs, postdoctoral fellows, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they graduate, uh, we, we have a job ready for them, basically. You know, I, I, I do want to hear more about the the sort of the path that you're on and the uh, opportunity that you, I think, present to Hawaii because I think you're an example of a, a really technical company that could actually reside and, and survive here in Hawaii. But I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Dr. Isar Mustafanazad. He's the founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Coworking. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Dr. Isar Mastafanazad. He's the founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific. 
And we're talking about how to start a pretty technical company here in Hawaii. And of course, right before the break, we were sort of getting into the the things that Nalu Scientific does, and we were talking a little bit about the employees, where do you find your employees? And and Isar, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing, you know, with the physics department to help the pipeline to feed into uh, your company, but also how are you taking the message of Nalu Scientific to the community that perhaps could continue to feed this, you know, this sort of business in Hawaii? Uh, that's a, that's a very good question. I, I think about this all the time mm-hmm. myself, actually. Um, what sort of business do we have to be on a small island in the middle of Pacific mm-hmm. doing so high tech? Um, I think we are uh, good at things here in Hawaii, and we should just never discount ourselves and capabilities. So, um, and this could be one of those examples. Uh, we do have a good, uh, you know, university here that produces a lot of talent and also brings a lot of funding. And uh, so that relationship has, has helped us a lot. But at the same time, how do you connect the dots and make a business out of it? That's something that I've, it, you know, it took me some time to figure out myself. Well, I mean, and, and you being uh, a PhD and having electrical engineering, going back and doing postdoc in physics, you know, that's very scientific and technical. Now you have to still get the business side of things, right? And now you're also trying to spread the word with our congressional team and let them know that there's work like this happening in Hawaii. That's a whole other aspect of, of being a businessman that PhDs probably didn't get training in. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. So I'm learning a lot of things on the job. I can tell you that. So there's a lot of business aspects that I'm learning. Um, and every day is, is learning something new for me. And, uh, yeah, so I, I uh, can divide my time into three uh, portions, basically. Uh, some of it is technical, some of it is business, mm-hmm. and some of it is volunteering, advocacy, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I, I, I help other startups, for example. I'm, I, I'm mentors for, for various you know, student teams or startups. I, I travel a lot and take the message out, uh, not just for conference technical work, but also for you know, other aspects. Yeah. So wh- who's helping you seed fund the work that you're doing? I mean, is this coming from the companies that you're you know, selling product to, or, or do you have some sources within the federal government that are helping to fund some of these efforts? Yeah, so the Department of uh, United States government, federal government, essentially has this program called the Small Business Innovative Research, okay. uh, where they are trying to find uh, innovative solutions for their existing uh, problems that they have mm-hmm. in the government. Mm-hmm. And some of it is military problems, some of it is scientific research. That's where we are actually coming in. And we applied to a program there. It's a grant program. It's very competitive. You have to have a very good solution. You have to present the business case, essentially, for a technical problem that mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I'd say we got lucky, but I think it was a combination of luck and many other factors. That oh, yeah. We it got takes a lot of one. skill. So you, you apply for that. You got some funding. And that help, did that help open some doors as well? Absolutely. So that that's uh, it's a phased program. So you apply for a phase one, you get 150K, then, then you have nine months to kind of prove yourself and mm-hmm. show that your prototype could work or you have a path to a prototype. Then you ask, go back and ask for a million dollars. And then that's when you actually your work really begins and you can design a prototype and get it out there. Mm-hmm. So we have been doing, a, I think, a pretty good job of, of uh, making sure that we fulfill the requirements and we actually produce something that, that they want to see. And uh, that has helped us to go back and, and ask for new grants, essentially. And that has helped us grow so far. Now, have have you had any success talking to our legislative team and getting them to support some of the programs that, that you're looking at at the federal level? 
uh, there is the federal level, uh, which which exists. I've also been trying to talk to local, uh, you know, players. So uh, the state of Hawaii is actually the one of the first states in the in the nation that has a matching program for this federal program. So they have the Hawaii SBIR program. Right, right, right. And and we've had the HTDC come on and talk about the the matching program. And and there's always been you know bills and appropriation requests to you know, get that sort of matching funding. And, and so you're a beneficiary of some of that. We have, yes. We have been lucky. And uh, it, again, that is also very competitive. So you have to show up, have a business case, essentially, and you have to give a pitch multiple times to multiple different people. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, at the end of the day, you may get some funding that will complement the federal funding, which helps us a lot, especially Hawaii being a place that's doing business is so expensive. Is that, is that pitch to, to local business people that are, you know, hearing what you're describing and they're the ones that sort of be determine whether you get some uh, sort of Hawaii match? They have a, a committee, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it, I think HDC board uh, appoints a committee. I do not know exactly the details, but they are people that have, you know, some experience in the field and they can tell that, okay, you might have a case here. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. having gone through... The vetting of the federal government mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. and the oh, reviewers lot, there, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you the, check the first box there, yeah. right? 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 Yeah. Uh, and and you've done a fair amount of sort of volunteer work with IEEE. I mean, how does IEEE kind of play into this? Uh, so IEEE is Institute for Electronics Electrical Engineers. Mm-hmm. It's a, it has it's the world's uh, it's the uh, it's a large nonprofit organization and uh, actually world's biggest non uh, world's biggest uh, professional organization has about half a million members globally. And uh, I have been involved uh, locally uh, working on on panels at conferences, uh, trying to spread the word on the technical side, but also some policy advisory level uh, work. Uh, For example, entrepreneurship committee, that's a national level, uh, uh, you know, committee. And Mm -hmm. and I've been I've been trying to basically bring my story there. Mm -hmm. Um, When I when we started three, four years ago, um, I had to learn a lot of things from scratch. So I'm hoping to get the message out and help others who might be looking for a path, essentially. Now, you just got recognized by Hawaii Business as one of Hawaii's either newest or most <laughs> innovative company. I mean, what what was it that attracted them to Nalu Scientific? Yeah, this was actually a, it's quite an honor for us. This was the Editor's Choice mm-hmm. Award. So I think they, they actually came and found us. <laughs> um, and uh, I think recently, okay, it goes back to a recent uh, uh, a news release that we had maybe sometime in January or February about uh, some new funding that we received, and uh, that got some traction in the in the media, I guess. And then they they called us and they did multiple interviews and tried to put a story together about us. They did come over and take a picture, so they called us the most innovative small business, I think. Of and then um, was there was there something in particular that that kind of attracted them? I mean, I, I know they you know they did the, the, the interviews and talked. To, I mean, what was it that you think really captured their imagination? Oh my God! I think everything that we talked about today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I you know, I, I was going to ask you. I mean, do you think there's are there other companies like yours doing some of this? Not necessarily, you know, precision sensors, but you know, doing very technical work here in Hawaii. I wouldn't be shocked. And I, there are other companies that I'm. You know, I'm, I try to be in touch with as many uh, companies as possible here. So yes, there are other companies. So. You know, it's quite a feather in our cap. Too. So, what's the okay. what's the next kind of milestone? You got ten employees. I mean, what's what's uh, next on your horizon, or some of the things that you want to accomplish? So, we are now now that our microchips are coming back from fabrication, they're they're working to the satisfactory level that we wanted them to. Uh, we are looking for new applications. So, mm-hmm. this gives us a technical advantage essentially to go into some old applications that were done 
differently using when nobody had this microchip and try to reinvent there and find new, kind of pitch this as an enabling tool that can be used in medical imaging maybe, that could be used in ultrasound imaging, that could be used in other other areas. How do you seek out those applications? So we have uh, partners in uh, universities across the United States and people that, uh, professors or researchers that are uh, that have innovative thinking, mm-hmm, basically. And mm-hmm. if you give them some Lego pieces, they can think about putting things together. Where can yeah. people find out more about Nalu Scientific? So uh, please check out our website. still under uh, construction, but there are two links to our Twitter, Facebook, and, and LinkedIn account. Dr. Masa, uh, Dr. Isar Mustafanazad, he's the founder and CEO of Nalu Scientific. I want to thank you for joining us today. Bert, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about the new innovation incubator over at the University of Hawaii. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Surprise.